It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the After Show with Ms. Mackenzie Stewart and Amy Shannon, a spinoff of the Fishbowl Radio Network, The Writer's Edge. I'm Mackenzie Stewart. I'm an author, educator, and host of The Writer's Edge Radio Show. And I'm Amy Shannon. I'm an author, poet, editor, and book reviewer. We're here to share about everything literary. Writing tips, experience, trends, and even interviews. Yes, interviews with authors and other literary industry professionals. So sit back, notebook and pen in one hand, a glass of wine in the other. And enjoy the after show. Amy, uh, great to have both of us here again uh, hosting the show. Um, I'm always excited to really start talking everything um, writing and literature, so we, we're just going to really uh, kind of dig in right now. So, so Amy, talk to um, talk to the audience um, a little bit about the work that you're actually um, that you're actually working on. Well, I am in the final stages of um, getting my nonfiction book called Depths of Characters um, finished, um, and I'm hoping to get that released. In the fall, September, October, I haven't narrowed down a um, a date yet, but I'm pretty excited about this book. I put a lot of work into it. I mean, when I write fiction, I don't have to really think a lot about it. It just comes out. And But nonfiction, it was kind of like a whole new beast for me, so I really um, learned a lot from putting it together, and I hope others will make use of it once it's published. Okay, so um, so basically, um, I have been um, privileged to get a sneak peek into um, your book. Uh, so I'm actually featured. So, so so to be fair, I'm actually featured. You asked me if you could uh, use some information um, from my book that you reviewed, and I said sure. You know, obviously, well, I said sure without even asking you. Like, what are you going to use? But it, I was totally okay and fine with it. Um, but. Um, I never really saw what you actually used, and I never and I never really saw what you actually um, um, what you're writing about in your book. So now is like the very first um, time that um, I'm getting a um, a sneak peek. So let's talk a little bit about section three. Section three okay. has it talks about backstory, and so um, tell the, the audience a little bit about the backstory, why it's important. Um, and why you decided to feel like you should have this particular area in your in your in your book? Yeah, I um, one thing I found out about characters is that they're like people because everybody mm-hmm. is unique in their own way. They all have different attributes, and I didn't um, I didn't want to limit myself when I looked at characters. Um, I didn't want to limit myself to just like uh, um, certain genres, so I kind of 
did a variety of genres, even nonfiction and epic poetry. I did a small section on that. Um, and different types of characters. You know, there are plenty of different types. But the backstory, I think, is just as important um, to the character. Um, and it's also kind of gives the reader a little insight. Um, I think too much backstory up front is, you know, it. it's just, you know, sometimes there's just too much. I think it should be given a little bit at a time so the readers stay curious. You know, you don't want to give them the complete backstory in the beginning of the book and then you're like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen, you know, just by whatever his backstory was or her backstory was. So I think the backstory is really important. Um, you know, they, like, everybody has a past, so characters should have a past unless they're, um, something I pointed out, unless they're born right at this minute when this book starts, they have a past. <laughs> so, um and different things from the past can, you know, just like they can affect people, they can affect characters. Um, so I looked at, like, different types of traumatic events, um, you know, like they could be a war veteran or they could um, be assaulted. They can, um, you know, have something that in the past really dictated how they act and react. I mean... And it could be a positive or a negative way they react, you know, like if someone um, was abused as a child, they could grow up and maybe they're a serial killer or maybe they're a police officer, you know, so they could go in different directions. And by sharing the backstory with uh, people, it gives you a sense of what that character is without saying, you know, this is this character, you know. We want to show the audience what the characters like, why they do something, their purpose. And one of the sections that I selected um, from your book um, was I really, it stood out in my mind, um, was, a, you know, having the, uh, um, Miss Pearl's backstory from your book, uh, Shattered, an Emily Graham novel. Um that that when I read it, I mean, I've read your book several times, um, and the last time was kind of to give me a, a refresher for the story because I do read a lot. Um, and Miss Pearl's backstory kind of stood out so much that I wanted to feature that. I mean, in this section, I feature one of yours and I feature one of mine, but I put yours first, and I really enjoyed her story, so it kind of gives you a sense from that one particular moment in her life, that moment was like the pivotal moment where it kind of shaped shaped her, you know, it gave her a major influence, you know, I mean, it's not like the first time she said the alphabet or tied her shoe, you know, this was something major that happened in her life, and it could have turned her in different directions, and it shows the audience why she is who she is without saying why she is. So, Amy, um, okay, so so just so the audience um, they know what we're referring to. So, so it's a so it's a workbook, and so chapter three is the backstory. So, Amy told you 
how you create the backstory, you know, so she goes through that, like she just mentioned. Then she has the excerpts from the two books. Now, Amy, now, I just, so so this is the grand reveal to me, right, because I hadn't had this information uh, right. up until um, today. All right. So, so the exercise 3.1, write a three-paragraph backstory for each of the following characters. All right, so it's Emmett Wayne Wallace. He's an accountant by day, a serial killer by night. Yep. And Jane Louise Smith, lawyer with the public defender's office, single woman raising three foster children. Yep. Jennifer Jones uh, suffers, suffers from insomnia after being no, amnesia. Oh, no, amnesia. Yep. amnesia after being attacked, falls in love with a physical therapist. Well, so, you know, so I am going to do the exercise, but I'm going to do Jennifer Jones. I'm going to do hers last. Mm-hmm. because this kind of sounds like this could be, well, I don't know. So at first glance, it's like, oh, this is going to be mushy, and I don't write too many mushy uh, books, right? Right. So uh, <laughs> when I say mushy, romance. Um, but Emmett, I love Emmett, because <laughs> Emmett. <laughs> so, if we, so I'm going to do the exercise, but what I want to know is if we do the exercise, is it going to show up someplace? Because I would really like to get some feedback because Emmett sounds like somebody, he could be in one of my books. Right. Now, anyone who, and I, I am taking volunteers, and I randomly select a section of my story or of this book, um, which gives the information. It gives the, um, the examples. Not each section has an example because I just couldn't figure out the best to put it in um, and they have exercises so what I'd like people to do is take a section you know read it and then do the exercise you know um, and you know have fun with it and you know maybe you could make a story out of it um, you can um, anyone who does the exercise can share share them with me and um, I can either just give feedback or, you know, take a look at what you've done, or I could add a section and use your doing the exercise as, like, a sample exercise, you know, so it would be included in the workbook. But, of course, that would be up to the person that's sharing their um, exercises with me that they've completed. When you could build a story wow. on it. Uh, right. Absolutely. So um, the, the order they come was the order that I um, read them, but I'm definitely going to do um, Emmett first because um, um, my mind is twisted because he's a serial <laughs> killer. So so I'm going yep. to do his, his, his story first. So no. <laughs> look, look it, it's really sad when you're like, ooh, ooh, serial killer. Like, ooh, yeah, let me start on that one first. But uh, – <laughs> That's a little odd for me, um, but no, I I love this. I I love it. I love the exercise. I can I can actually see this being used, Amy, in a school where they're trying to teach creative writing. I can see this being used as a tool. You know, whenever we you and I go out and we promote, um, you know, writers just in general trying to help the writing community. Right. These are really great exercises. Exercises to. Um, have somebody to, um, you know, practice. Go through yeah. the go through the actual 
mm-hmm. work? I think they're 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 fun and um, they're really interesting in what you can think of. Um, I mean, I just when I built this book, and it's kind of like I built it that you know I had notebooks of ideas and different research that I did and um, you know looking for you know examples. I've used some. Uh, modern authors, I say, like such as you. I use um, Melanie Nowak, and I've used um, Abdiel Leroy. Um, those are authors that I've reviewed pretty much all of their work. <laughs> so I've read everything that they've written that's been published. Um, and, you know, their work stands out. Your work stood out, not just because, I know, you know, I know you and we've, been collaborators for quite a while, but, um, you know, it stood out as an example. That was like the first thought I'm like, you know, there's different characters that I can use for different situations, and yours is, you know, great examples of different types of characters, but putting them together was fun, and I also went back and did, um, looked for classic literature. I've have examples from Shakespeare. I have some examples from um, different mythology. Um, I've had I have examples from uh, one of my favorite stories, uh, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Um, you know things like that. So I'm, you know, I went through a lot of work, past and present, just to um, put this all together. Um, and I, in, in my writing, and you could probably see that as when you saw. Um, Section three, that I'm talking to. I use first person and second person when I'm telling. You know, it's like I'm sitting there talking to you about the. You know, sharing my experiences, sharing my information in this. So, you know, I use I a lot because I'm I'm telling the audience, and then sometimes I refer to the word you. So it's the reader, the person who's reading it. so they get to feel like, oh, this this section might be just for me, you know, or, you know, I was always wondering about this. Uh, you know, some people need help building characters. They're not always easy. They're like people. They're complex, and it doesn't matter if they're a human or an, an animal or an alien or a clone or vampire. You know, they have characteristics um, that, you know, just kind of fit with the story and, you know, sometimes the characters adapt to the story and sometimes the story adapts to the characters. And I do as many sections and as many different character types as I could actually think of. So, Amy, I have a question. So, okay. so I'm an author or where, whoever I am. So mm-hmm. I get the workbook. Yep. I work on the exercises. How do I know that I have um, accomplished the task? Well, um, it's not like there's an answer book because the answer is in your imagination. Um, Mm -hmm. You might sit down and, like, the first one jumped at you, you know, like, oh, yeah, I I have all these ideas of what I can write down. The ones that, um, you know, and then you do that, but the ones that make you stop and think, you know, then you're really you're challenging yourself, you know. If it's if you know like the serial killer because of of what you write already, 
um, you know, that will come easy and you'll probably have a million different ideas and you could even turn that into a book of some sort or a story. And But if you take one that's, you know, not so easy, you know, like where you have to think about, hmm, you know, I wonder what I could do with this character or whatever the exercise that I have listed. Um, I mean, some of them, I give them an excerpt of my book and I'm like, write it in this, write it in a different point of view. So, you know, I'm kind of giving some of my stuff and saying, okay, rewrite this in your writing style, this other point of view. So it's to challenge people. And in the book, if somebody that's working on it wants to let me know that they've done it or how they're doing or wants to share with me, um, you know, after it's been published or they want to, they want some feedback on their writing, that information on how they can contact me is right in the book. I have a conclusion I write right before the resources and reference pages. All my references are documented, all my resources, um, anything that I've taken of, you know, citing other people's works, giving as an example, that's all acknowledged in the book in more than one place. Yeah, so so basically that's what I was kind of getting at because, you know, um in in looking at the the different areas yeah the the serious killer one <laughs> was calling my name but um but i so i think i do okay with the backstory mm-hmm. but for someone who that may be an actual challenge for um to ensure that they've done it correctly cuz they may be working you know working um you know alone and 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 not really sure if they really got it Right. Um, but, but I definitely do think that um, you know perhaps the people that you have working on this, this for you, um, yep. this could definitely be something where, um, you know, they could actually see how, you know, how it turns out. Yeah. They anyone who you know does it, you know, I'm going to send sections out to people who volunteer to do them. Um, and I just kind of pick the section out randomly, and I take it out of my manuscript, and just that section is given to them. Um, but after it's published, if they want contact with me, they want to know more information, they want me to read what they wrote, um, that, you know, all the information on how to contact me is, is in the book. And it's going to be released as a paperback book, Um and then there'll be a link for a companion book because there's a section on building a profile, and then it's basically taking two characters. Um, I give examples on a profile for two characters. One's name is Marcus, the other one's name is Lois. I kind of give their whole profile, and then um, the companion book has four stories about how Marcus and Lois meet in different situations. So it's showing people how they can take the same characters with the same background, same personality, and put them in different situations. And that's a free book that they'll get a link in this um, book, and they can go and they can download a PDF file. I may eventually put it on, like, um, a Kindle version 
And if I did that, I would also have a link to where they could download a PDF file and print it out so they could do the actual exercises because you can't really you can't print from a Kindle. Um, but you can provide because I I asked Amazon if there was a way to do it or if I could put a file within a file, and they said no, but I could do the link to where the file is, so you know people can print it out and event, um, whenever I have it on electronic. But I'm going to try the paperback version first. Awesome! No, that sounds really good. Um, one of the things that I wanted to say. Um, when we're talking about writing and, and being very creative, um, I have to sometimes, when the when the spirit or the, or the mood hits me, I have to stop what I'm doing and really capture my idea. So the last time that you and I spoke, you know, we had the, we had the show, and did I tell you about, I don't, you and I, we talked, plenty of times during the week, but I don't know if I talked to you about this new book that I started writing. I know you're like, which one now, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. I think you you have, you were like telling me the, I think it was last week and you were telling me the, the story of, I think it was four, four women together. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You did, yes, I did, yes, okay. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that I, um, that because I'm not, I didn't go to school to write or anything like that. My stories tend to kind of come. And yeah. so I do know that with the telling of a backstory, um, the pace of the book slows down. Yeah. And so because you, because now you, you are, you know, um, explaining something else. But when I say explain, you're really making them feel it, right? Um, yeah. But you're explaining something else. And then, because you're trying to continue to hook them to really, you know, be in love with these characters, because I I do think that, um, I mean, I, I do think that the backstory on the characters really do help the reader fall in love with these characters. They can tell you whether or not they like them or not. Yeah. They, uh, um, because people will tell you. They'll tell you. Yeah. They'll yeah. tell you. Especially if they don't um, you know, like I, I, right, and uh, I I know that you you um you you like my villain, you like uh, Kindle, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you like her. Um, the the piece that you actually fe- featured in um in your soon to be published book um, about Miss Pearl and uh, Mary Margaret and Henry and and all of that. Um, yep. You know that that reading that I always do get. It gets a lot of um, a lot of attention because people are so wrapped up in that story, um, you know, about abuse, and yeah. you know they feel sorry for Mary Margaret because, you know, of and, and because of the reason why that Henry hit her, you know, yeah. she was late coming home. She was late coming home, and so um, it's very touching type of. Uh, a touching type of story. So uh, people, they definitely get very involved and wrapped up into uh, that section. So um, I, I really do like reading that, and I really do like telling that particular type of story. Um, the the book about the perfect wedding, right? Yeah. Um, it, and, and when I say perfect wedding, it's not 
necessary perfect wedding. Um, in that in that story, telling that story, I don't do a backstory, and that's something very that's that's something very new for me. Um, I don't do a backstory because I want I wanted to because I've been telling you for a long long time. I really want to try um, to write a short story. Yep. I want to be able to tell a short story. And so this, The Perfect Wedding, is, you know, my opportunity to try to tell that type of short story. Um, so I'm trying that out. Then the story that I was telling you about <laughs> over the weekend, um, I don't know, that story came out of, all my stories come out of nowhere. But yeah. um, this, <laughs> this, like, literally came out of nowhere after we finished the show uh, last week and, um I don't know. I started writing. I should have been editing my other book, but I started writing this one because I wanted to tell the story of these women who kind of get themselves all caught up in something um, mysterious. That's what I'm going to say, something mysterious. And so yep. um, um, I was I was talking to uh, someone um, on last evening about the story, and, you know, based off of what I was saying, I you know, telling this person, I said, what do you think they're into? What do you think that Fiona's into? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You have me intrigued. Um, so she's, she's gotten some money really fast, but, I, you know, I don't really know right now what she's into. And I said, right. okay. I, said, I, I, I wanted to kind of keep it a little mysterious um, about what she's actually doing uh, to get um, the extra money that she is uh, she's getting. But, uh, her friend Jackie really wants to know because now she has this nice handbag, this nice wallet. She has this new car. She's she's going to the um, country club to play tennis. She, you know, her it's almost like her lifestyle has changed um, almost overnight. But right. it's something that was happening gradually, but she never shared it with her friends. So, yeah, so, yeah. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> look, I have no idea where this is gonna even take me but um but I do know but I do know um I don't know the ending so I'm in one of those kind of situations but I felt like I needed to actually start telling this particular story for some reason I have no idea so I just kind of let my my writing kind of guide what I'm what I should be doing and that's good I think it's really important to challenge yourself I mean I have um three books that I'm editing so they're done they're just, you know, at final editing stages, but I'm still working on um, one book, and I'm trying to complete get more content for one of my poetry books. Um, I'm thinking of releasing a third one, and um, sometime in early 2020. Wow, I can't believe it's 2020 already, almost. Um, but. Mm-hmm. I put what I had taken a note from my notebooks and stuff like that and put it in, and I realized I'm like, I need more stuff to put in. So I kind of set this. I'm like, I gave myself a task, and I'm like, so this is going to be the theme of this part of the book. So I'm taking song titles um, from, like, my playlist and stuff like that, and then I'm writing a poem about that would fit in that song, that title. And it has nothing to, you know, has nothing to do with the song or the lyrics or anything. It's just the title of the song. I'm using it for a poem or thoughts that I'm going to write down. So that's my challenge this time right now. Oh, that's very creative. 
Yeah, that's awesome. It's very creative. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, so I, I think that as far as my work, I think what I'm going to focus on is um, I'm going to see if I can spend some more time with this particular story and, and see where it takes and lead, leads me. But it's one of those kind of things I was kind of in, interrupted, and I couldn't, you know, get back. Like, I lost my thoughts yeah. um, on the whole story um, because I got really kind of um, off track, off centered. And so then the, mm-hmm. so when I got off track, off centered, I had to stop. Because it was like yeah. I, I don't have anything else to write. Yeah, exactly. I, I know the feeling. Like when I have, and I'm writing, no matter what it is, if I have to stop and think about what comes next, you know, I'm not in the flow or whatever. I have to walk away. Mm-hmm. I always know that's when I ha- when when I just you know have to stop and think. I never get writer's block, but sometimes I get story block, and so I have to I make something happen that affects the characters and see how it all plays out. Yeah, and when I have to stop, I just move to something else because um, I just I just have to try to move to something else. So we will definitely see um, where where our writing takes us um, through this next week, and and who yep. we encounter and who we speak. Too, as authors and publicists and and publishers, um, you know, um, to give more information and more insight to our listeners here on the after show. Definitely. How's it going, Amy? It's going all right. How, how's it been going for you? Well, I woke up this morning and I received an email that I will be getting a royalty check from Amazon. So that was really nice to see. Oh, well, that's great. Yes, yes, yes. So um, so folk, other folks out there are buying my, my work. Um, I'm not just um, um, writing as a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was very, very exciting um, about that. Um, so what's going on with your um, – isn't this the time of year where you run some contests? Yes. I um, This month, well, till the end of the month, I'm accepting nominations for um, people to, you know, nominate indie authors. And in October, I run an indie author appreciation month. Um, once the nominations are in – or as they come in, I post them on my blog, and then um, next month will be where actual voting and the um, the ten with the highest number of votes will be featured in a showcase. Um, well, two showcases on my blog. Um, it, it's about the author and their work, but it's really to help promote. Um, Indie authors, you know, I mean, we used to be called self-published, but indie authors kind of has a a better, I think it has a better ring to it. (laughs) Um, You know, it's kind of changed over the years. Um, There's still people that won't, um, you know, if they think this person's an indie author, um, you know, they won't pick up a book um, that they wrote. Um, But... um, I want indie authors to know how much they are appreciated 
not just by me because I wholeheartedly support them um, and do whatever I can to support them. Um, but also, I think, you know, when a reader, you know, nominates them, um, you know, I, I think it kind of, you know, it shows them a little appreciation. And, and we all need that sometimes. We need to know, you know, as as people, you know, as human beings, we need to know that um, whatever we do is appreciated. Um, so I do whatever I can. I run the contest every year. Um, the months may vary just because um, based on my schedule. But um, so we still have till the end of August to nominate indie authors. The forms on my blog. Um, so, and I constantly send out blog posts, reminders, and reminders on social media with the link of where to go to vote and nominate. Great, yeah, I, and you know all of that definitely um, is very um, is very helpful. Um, you know, with, with everybody, you're right. You know, being a uh, indie author. Um, it's really hard. I mean, it's hard because you have to do everything yourself, um, but then also it's hard because there's a stigma that's attached, that's associated with having, um, you know, being self-published. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think it's with, with anything. Um, you know, no matter what line of work you're doing or, you know, there's always people that put a bad name on something. And it could only be a few. You know, I, I think for indie authors, I mean, when they, you know, when self-publishing was, even before the Internet, it was like you had to pay um, ghastly amounts to have um, publishers publish your book. I mean, really, you're you're paying to publish your own work. Um, but have a company put everything together for you. Amazon has made it easy, and other sites like Smashwords and things like that, and Lulu, they've made it easier for um, you know self-published authors, indie authors, to publish their work. But there's also companies where you can buy a package, especially if there's things that you don't know how to do, like create a cover or, or whatever. Um, but no matter what, you still have to market yourself. But there are people that think just because they can, you know, they have the ability to publish something they wrote doesn't mean they should. And if people have read that, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes they don't see an editor or they're just not a good writer, but they think, oh, it's so easy, I can, you know, whatever, but it's, you know, that kind of thing that gives indie authors a bad name. Um, but I've heard from readers um, through my book review blog and um, on, because I share all my reviews on my Facebook page, and I've had readers contact me and say they would they never thought to um, read an indie author's book before until they read my reviews, and then that made them want to buy that author's book. 
and then they agreed with my review. So that kind of, <laughs> um, you know, I do what I can. I didn't. I didn't realize how I. I know how my reviews, you know, impact an author, especially when they send me a, a thank you or whatever. And um, but you know, when a reader who's decided to pick up books because I recommended them, that that kind of makes me feel good as well. Mhm. Yeah, you definitely do your share to um, help and support indie authors. Um, and you're right. It's it's definitely very important. I, you know, you have to kind of, you know, things things are expensive, but you do have to pick and choose, um, you know, what you're going to spend your money on. And it's really great opportunity to partner up with, you know, a fellow writer, and perhaps one person may have some skill set that you can utilize, and then you could kind of barter that way and help each other out. Um, because you're right. Um, work should be should be edited, um, um, and you know by somebody by someone other than yourself, right? And so, yeah. um, just yeah. definitely have you know that other set of eyes there, um, and you have to know what you're looking for when you're wanting somebody to edit because if you just want them just to edit what you have written and not the actual content, you know, so you have to be. Because uh, the story may not make any sense, but they're editing it because you pay them to edit. <laughs> and so I think you have to understand, um, you know, what type of editing you want, um, yeah. and then you can kind of get from there. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, on my um, my author blog, I call it I um, where I support indie authors, promote my own work. I offer editing services, but I also offer just proofreading services, you know, for someone who just wants you to find their typos or things like that. You know, it's not the same as, you know, an editorial look at your work. You know, it's it's proofreading and things like that, and I explain the difference on my blog so people know what they're asking me. And then I also, um, I added a a new editorial service called Editorial Feedback where I would give them kind of like, um, you know, I'd edit their work, but also um, give them an idea of what kind of um, review I would give them if if I was reading it. Um, of course, I don't. I wouldn't review the, that work until it was finished and then I reread it. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if they wanted some kind of feedback, about the content, the characters, or whatever, um, I offer that as another service um, on my blog. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so important to really do your homework on what you need and also to be very clear um, about, like, you know, you, you make it very clear about what you what you will do for, you know, proofreading and what you'll do here because, some people just think that it's just one thing, and and so when they don't get what it is that they um, they paid for, then you know they, they oftentimes get upset and that, that say that people maybe perhaps cheated them. But we have to do our due diligence and know what we um, we need to know what we want. Exactly. When we're paying for before you make any kind of payment, you know, make sure that um, the person looking at your work is going to do what you want them to, you know, what you intend for them to do. Um, 
if you're asking for honesty on your content, be prepared to have honesty on your content. You know, I mean, editing is not just making sure the, the story makes sense, but also, you know, make sure there are storyline closures. There's a lot of um, stuff that makes a story a complete story. So, um, and, you know, be prepared because not everybody is going to like what you wrote. And sometimes... It could be a difference between um, gender. Um, They look at the same story from different perspectives. So um, you could, you know, that might be something, you know, maybe you want a third pair of eyes. Say you have a female editor, but maybe a male friend of yours will um, read the story and get their perspective on it. Um, I didn't think about that until a few years ago, one of my books that I've since have pulled from publication and I redid it um, because I got feedback from a few different women friends and then a few, um, uh, I'd say a few male um, uh, authors. They were all authors that looked at my work and offered to do it for me as like a, a beta read. And I got a lot of um, feedback and I was surprised of how they perceived the different characters. So um, that kind of helped me when I put the story, you know, I kind of pulled it apart and put it back together again. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, you know, it's, that's one of the things that is definitely important to ensure that we are, um, you know, when we when we say we want some feedback, you know, definitely want to embrace. Um, what it is, um, the feedback that they're, that the person is actually giving us. So we have to be open. Uh, you know, writing is very personal, uh, but we definitely should ensure, ensure that we are, um, you know, receiving the feedback. Exactly. I mean, anyone asking someone to read their work, they're being very brave, you know, because – they have no idea what the, the other person is going to say about it. Um, so just offering it, I mean, you know, handing it over to somebody that you spent, you know, your blood, sweat, and tears on and creating characters that you absolutely love, but maybe um, it's you can get someone else's different perspective on it. So that um, that really helps, but, you know, anyone who... Let someone else read their work because writing is, like you said, it's very personal. So it's very brave to do that. And as you do that, you should expect that you're going to get some feedback, some kind of comment. Even when you put, you publish it and it's out there, you're going to get good reviews and bad reviews. And mm-hmm. I've had my share of both. Um but then I realized that um, there's a book my dad gave me a long time ago. It's a book of um, bad reviews for, like, really famous authors over the over the years. So sometimes when I see a review that's, you know, not so great, I'll pick up that book and realize that, you know, Mark Twain had the problem or, or same problem or another publisher rejected this author and they were discovered by somebody else so 
Um, we've all been there. Even famous, you know, famous best-selling authors have been there too, with good and bad reviews. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so yeah, we're gonna get some. Yeah, we're gonna get bad reviews, and uh, and again, it's something that we can't take it personally. Um, but now I, I do think that, well, I, I was going to make the point of saying, yeah, I do think that whoever's reading should, you know, read the book from the beginning to the end, but if it's so bad, then you, you may not want to do that. So, um, um, but no, I get that as well. Yeah, I just tell you, um, you know, definitely, you know, um, uh, you know, the reviews are, are great. I think that sometimes people forget to um, to, to leave a review. Um, I think they forget that. But that's very, very important. Yeah, and they don't realize it, too. And also another thing people should, uh, authors should keep in mind, you know, maybe they don't have the best sales, but say, um, well, certain... Well, Amazon, if your book is um, listed in Kindle Unlimited, that also means you can lend somebody um, a book that you bought on Kindle for 14 days, and then you can even extend it. So people could be reading your books, but it's because it's been passed on. If it's a print copy, you know, the same thing. I mean, I know, like, me and my dad, we... Um, we're both avid readers, and when we find a book that the other one likes, you know, we trade, <laughs> um, you know, and so it's, you know, that's another thing to look at. People could be reading your book and just had borrowed it from their best friend, and it's going to pass it on to their mother and their cousin, so you may have more readers than you actually know you do. I never knew that. I never knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's It depends. If, when you publish on, on Kindle, there's an option to allow somebody to borrow your book um, for Kindle. But, you know, people do. I mean, or um, if you're lucky enough to have it listed on a you know, in a library, you know, people are going to sign it out, you know, so, mm-hmm. and libraries are hitting the digital age, too, where they, you know, they they rent out, like, Kindles, and, um, or you can go on their website and, you know, borrow a book and then return it, um, things like that, so, yeah, you could be, ha- you could have more readers than you have sales. So that's something to think about, too. I mean, you may say, like, maybe, oh, two months ago I had, you know, um, ten books that sold, but there could be a lot more readers for those ten ten, um, books, you know. I mean, I know sometimes I I read a good book, I pass it to my sister, you know, if it's in print or something, so... um, Mm -hmm. There, there is a lot of that going around. Yeah, I remember I went to this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say sometimes you can find really good deals at yard sales and things like that. So you never know where your book's going to land. 
Mm-hmm. Right, that's true. Um, I went. I um, went, I belong to a, a book club, and um, basically that's what they were doing in there. They were they were um, letting people uh, loan out. They were loaning out books, and mm-hmm. so. And so, you know, I was I was there with another author, and I'm looking at them saying to myself, okay, we want you guys to buy these books <laughs> and not exactly. pass them on to somebody else. And so I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, do you guys, I mean, we didn't say it out loud, but it's like, are you guys, like, really, um, are you really crazy? We want you to buy. We don't want everybody in the group. And it's probably like about ten people. Uh, we don't we don't want the book to be passed um, passed through the whole entire group. Buy it, buy yeah. it, help indie authors. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's actually surprising because I know that a lot of book clubs, you know, they require that you get your own copy of the book. You know, mm-hmm. so you guys can you you all read it, and then you get back together and you discuss it. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, I find that that's pretty interesting that that happens. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it, it does go, you know, especially for a book club. But, yeah, we want people to buy our work. Um, but, you know, they could be passing it on. You know, some people will read a book and put it back on their bookshelf, and maybe at some point they'll go back and read it again. I mean, I have a lot of books on my shelf. A lot of them I've read, maybe more than once, but some of them I still have yet to get to, and those are just the the books that I have, like for my, like my personal collection. That's not counting. I have one whole bookshelf that's dedicated to the authors who send me their work in print, and when they sign it, it's even better. But I I have I have that too. When they do sign it, I, I take a picture of it and I post it on my um, uh, review Facebook page so people can see it. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. That's definitely that's def- that's very interesting. The um, the book sharing. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, yeah. I'm I'm really wondering how how everything is going to turn out after the pandemic and. Um, when people are getting together, or or will book clubs be you know a thing of the past? Um, but I, I definitely do think it's a really great way to to get reading, get together, have those um, those types of conversations. So do I. I mean, I've seen like all over the news, local people, like say teachers or um, family members. And, or, or whatever, they're having a gathering, but they're, like I saw this one, and it just reminded me, like, it could be a book club or, like, in her driveway. She's a music teacher, so she has chairs spread out around her, her driveway, and she invites her music class there, um, and, you know, they're all wearing masks, but they're all, the chairs are six feet apart, and they're doing it outside. You know, I mean, it's nice weather, so, um, you know, you could, a book club could be the same thing, you know, if you have the space in, in like, a driveway or a parking lot. I mean, there's different ways to 
gather or communicate with others that's not just through the computer. Mhm, mhm. That, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Look, I guess I wasn't thinking of that because I don't gather with with anybody. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. <laughs> and I, I I've seen things that like where people are gathering and they're not doing it appropriately. Um, I've had to miss family outings because of that. My niece got married um, in July and I couldn't go because, you know, the pandemic. And But I got to see it on Facebook. <laughs> so it was almost like being there, but it wasn't the same. You know, I couldn't hug her or anything like that. So. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've missed uh, lots of family gatherings. I've missed weddings. I've missed, you know, unfortunately, um, funerals and and things like that. But I just, uh, I'm just, I'm like you. I I, I see things that that look unsafe, and I just yeah. kind of shake my head about it. Yeah. So. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I know um, because so, not everybody follows the rules. So <laughs> no, well, and I, I really do think that I really do think that the, that yeah, I know being outside is a lot safer than being inside. But here's the concern: when people are packed or not distant, um, you know, it, it's just. I so I, I was going down um, going down the street and I saw this house, and they had a bouncy house in the back. And they had a whole bunch of people that it was, like, too many people for me to be comfortable. And, um, but, yeah, they had a bouncy house. And I just think you're not, you're not going to social distance. On the news they keep saying being outside is better. And, yeah, it is. But you still have to have your distance. And I didn't yeah. see a mask. I didn't see nothing. I was like, no. wow. Exactly. I mean, it's hard enough for me when I get to see my grandmother. I see her through her screen door. And even Mm -hmm. then we're wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. Mm -hmm. I I can't give my grandmother a hug. I'm I'm so close to my grandmother. My dad and I do elbow bumps (laughs) when I see Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And we're talking through masks. And he doesn't hear very well. So I have to speak louder than I normally do because the mess, sometimes it muffles your voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does that, yeah. Mm. But I'm sure this yep. um, pandemic probably gives some authors a lot of inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, what? what yeah. maybe it will have something that's going to be a, you know, a new normal because things change when something bad happens. Mm-hmm. And then we don't go back to the way it was. Right. And I really hope that we don't lose our, you know, small bookstores. I really hope we don't lose those yeah. because of what's happening now. Um, they're really a great place to gather, a great place to have readings, you know, um, you know and support the the owner of the bookstore. So I found a couple since I've since I've moved and uh wanted to host one of my um my book events there but just couldn't because of everything that's that's going on right now. Oh, 
Yeah, great opportunity for it up because yeah, I, I think things will definitely um, de- definitely change and hopefully for the better. Hopefully for the better. So yeah, I mean, we I know there's in in a couple towns away from me there was a report about uh, a man who owned a a bookstore. You know, it was you know independently owned, small business, and he you know his doors are closed, but he still has to. Um, you know, keep it keep it up until he can actually open it. Um, I mean, if somebody knows, oh, they want this book, you know, he'll do like a curbside pickup. But he had to start a GoFundMe page and start fundraising or he w- would have lost his business completely. Well, I really hate to hear that. One, um, um, this one bookstore I saw on the news where um, – the the owner would let you know one person in at a time, and they mm-hmm. could kind of look around. Like you said, if they knew what they wanted, you know, he would have it ready. But um, you know, they they um, they came in with a backpack because they wanted reading for a while, and so they came in and and got whatever they needed. And you know, he just like let one one person in at a time to kind of browse and get what they needed. So you yeah, know, you have to be creative. <laughs> you know, you definitely have to be creative. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's if if anybody can, it's like supporting indie authors. If you support your small businesses, if you have the choice between, you know, buying something at a small business or you know a big huge conglomerate, choose a small business. Because I've noticed there are businesses locally here that um, probably won't recover because they're still closed. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been the after show. I'm Mackenzie Stewart. And I'm Amy Shannon. So whether you want to write a book or just read one, we have the show for you. Till next Til time. next time. Bye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.